Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And my tour of the East Coast is done. We got done with Matty Boo last week. Um, we had Charlie Buzzard, and when we had... I can't even remember my first per- first guest name because I'm an asshole like that. Frankie, I'm fucking with you. Everybody in the RVA, I'm going to take over and I'm going to interview everybody there, Thomas. Fucking with some people on there. Um, yeah, it's a little back to normal. I'm interviewing a guest from the Midwest. I don't know. Is, is, is Missouri Midwest still? Or is that something else? I always feel like Minnesota, South Dakota, and Iowa because fuck Wisconsin. I'm kidding, Samurai. Um, but so I don't ramble for the next hour. Why don't I have um, my guest introduce himself and what moped clubs he's a part of? Kim uh, Owens here, part of the Spicy Boys Moped Club of Kansas City. We're the only moped club in Kansas City. There's a couple of scooter gangs, but uh, we uh, started about nine or ten years ago. Um, I think it was Mikey Provolone that started the whole gang and it just kind of grew from there. Um, he uh came up with the name because they thought it was funny about the petition going around to rename Fire Ant Spicy Boys. Kind of kind of rolled with it from there. Um, I came in many years later, just the last two or three years ago, but I've known Mikey Provolone since I was a little kid, so. That's kind of how I got tied into the whole thing of it. Right on, right on. Um, generally, the way we go with this podcast is what happened, what it was like, and what it's like now. So, um, but a little bit. Let's. I'm going to kind of change the format up just a hair. Um, why don't we talk about like your week in mopeds right now? What all have you done for mopeds this week? Getting out any rides? It's summertime in the Midwest, so we got to love it. Uh, yeah, I went for some rides this weekend. Uh, we always gather on Fridays. It's either a wrench or ride. Um, and usually in between throughout the week, um, try to get a couple of us together. But we've got a float trip coming up, so we've been kind of hustling on, on that. So we haven't been riding nearly as much yeah, yeah. this week. But uh, usually throughout the week, we'll meet up on a sometimes Wednesday with the Lawrence gang or some of the cutie tang, which is another scooter gang that's local, but I don't know, at least two, three times a week we get together and ride or just turn wrenches on each other's bikes. Right on, right on. Yeah. If anybody hasn't been to Kansas city, um, it is a river town. So I am going to automatically love it. I live in a river town, um, where I was visiting every town I was at was a river town, even Bel Air, Maryland, which was, I was surprised about. Um, so why don't There's you talk about what? There's rivers everywhere. Yeah. 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 Uh, and great barbecue. I'm convinced I've been there now about three, four times. I'm convinced it's, you know, you guys just know how to do barbecue. Like I, I won't even fucking front about that shit. <laughs> That's why we won gold ribbons on our barbecue every year. Yeah. yeah. Um, even if your proximity to it, cause I remember going out to the cold trailers last year in, uh, I don't even know who did the barbecue there, but it was still pretty kick-ass. Um, but anyway, anyways, let's get let's start with you. Um, 
what was the first memory, not necessarily getting on, but the first memory, Kent, of a moped for you? Um, as far as actual mopeds, it was Mikey that got me on his uh, probably a little over three years ago. Mm-hmm. He had that blue uh, Vespa Chow and rode it up to a pub that we frequent. And he finally convinced me to hop on it. And uh, I think everybody knows what happens after that. You get the moped smile and you can't get enough of it. Yeah, yeah. So, was it was it variated or single speed or don't you even know? Definitely variated. So I was not ready for that. I <laughs> little bike is just going to put her around like my Chinese scooter did when I was 12 years old. And I was not quite prepared for how quick it was. So I laid it down in the gravel and laughed oh. about it. <laughs> it was uh, over from there. I'm pretty sure I bought a bike, not even a couple months later. Nice. What was your first bike? Um, my very first one would be the Honda Hobbit. Nice. Um, my second one would be the uh, black and silver free spirit that I have. Why did you move away from hobbits? Like, I, um, I don't understand that. Like, I, I got trapped into the hobbit world and I can't get out. Like, the reason I didn't focus on it was it wasn't really running well and I tried to kit it. Didn't know replacing engine seals was a thing, so I just <laughs> couldn't get it running. And uh, just moved on to something else that was running and easier to work on, which for me was the E50 because they're pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's no variators, and the clutches are all pretty straightforward on it. So, right I on. Struggle with it as much. Awesome, awesome. But, so, you got you got a Hobbit right away. Um, what was some of your frust? Okay, we'll just we'll we'll try to slow it down because I feel like. If, if we're going at the rate war hour, we're going to have like a 10 minute podcast. I know, I know you got a story or two in for us. Um, oh, that's fine. I can keep us rolling. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, what was like, you bought that Hobbit. How, let me ask you, how much did you pay for the Hobbit? Like, that's always the thing um, with, it's either like, it's I either was, next to nothing or you're paying like way too much for it. <laughs> um, it was a fully stock Hobbit that probably went 15 to 20 miles an hour. So it definitely had something wrong with it. And I paid, I want to say around 300 bucks, maybe 350. That isn't terrible. That's not terrible, terrible. No, not for a first bike purchase. And you don't know anything about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. I figured that was a reasonable price. Looking back, I'm still not mad about it. No. Um, So you had that. And like I could, me being a Hobbit guy, I'll still put a dollar on your carburetor was, uh, had an air leak to it. Because usually those stock carbs go bad. Um, I actually tried that. So I put an MLM uh, intake and a VM. Oh, shit. (laughs) That didn't uh, seem to fix it. Well, seals were it then. You were probably right. I even put a circuit pipe on it. I welded the intake on it myself or the header on it. Because welding is my forte. I've been doing that since I was a little kid. But I I at least had a basic knowledge of two strokes and small engines. So I figured, all right, gas, fuel air i should be okay but looking back it was definitely a, a case leak yeah, yeah yeah um so you you got the you you were the question i ask a lot of people it sounds like you hit it right away when when were you first time you were gonna quit mopeds because i think we all hit that wall right away like mopeds are dumb i fucking hate mopeds i quit um 
I wouldn't say quit, but my first biggest frustration where I wanted to at least take a break would be the second time I seized my free spirit and I sent the bottom of the crankshaft through the top of the engine case. That wasn't I, uh, that wasn't at the ride this year, was it? Yeah, that was at the Lawrence ride. The yeah, yeah. Ride. Dude, that was that was magical. Like that was <laughs> I I've I've seen some grenades in my life, but that was that you did it right, dude. Um coming from some of the guys that have been in it forever, they said I've never seen that. So no. I at least uh, sent it right. And for anybody that's listening, what happened was I put a $25 Denny's crank special in it with a 70cc DMP kit and sent the RPMs through the roof with a crank that couldn't handle. So the bottom end welded itself together and shot the bottom of the crank rod through the top of the case. Oh, it was great. That thing was flying. <laughs> like I had never. <laughs> oh, it was absolutely fast. Yeah. And uh, uh, I just sent it a little too hard, bud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was on that ride. I was like just cruising about 45 or what. And Ken just comes flying by me. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, is that thing flying? It was another raffle part that I'd won. I won that DMP kit off of a Moped Monday podcast for mm-hmm. $14. And uh, so I slapped that on, put that Denny's crank in it. And yeah, it was definitely flying fast. Uh, Sean Hammonds was right next to me when it happened. He said it literally just seized in one stroke. Um, <laughs> it was going at full RPM, just and shut right off. Um, and we, that kit was still salvageable. It's actually on another bike right now. There wasn't a single score in it. Wow, that's rad, dude! Like considering how much damage <laughs> ended up oh, on the yeah. bottom side, like that's that's destroyed that's the awesome. Crank, destroyed the case, but hey, the kit was fine, and it rips right now on another bike that Portwood has. <laughs> that's hilarious we had a kid on a on a thursday ride do pretty he didn't tear up the case but it looked very suspicious like a denny's crank job at that 25 dollars deal um he <laughs> well, he did he didn't build it but um it doesn't matter it was it was still rather impressive uh all the <laughs> shavings to it so i love watching the carnage from that kind of stuff and that was the second time i seized that engine so the yeah this one was almost as bad I pulled, I didn't know breaking in a kit was a thing. So the first time I kitted it, I just took it right to the ruffians rally with a TCCD kit and it pulled the inside of the piston out and sent all that carnage through the ports and mashed it up into little bitty BBs. And that was actually when I first met Mickey Dick Lunzi because she had seized at the same time. She needed tongue out and drank beers. Nice, dude. And but, dude, I have a hard time believing you're drinking beers because anybody who's met Kent knows he's only drinking one thing and one thing only. What What is your drink of choice, there, uh, Kent? There, Kent Mullins. Huh? I think you asked the right question. Anybody that knows me knows I drink twisted teas. Yeah. I wouldn't say only twisted teas, but that's my number one choice. It's I all I've ever drink. seen you drink, dude. <laughs> Uh, I'll have Budweiser's uh, every now and then, unless I'm out of either one. I'll drink some hams. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was, yeah I was gonna... I'm definitely a walking spokesman of Twisted Tea. Yeah, dude. Somebody, they got get you. He's sipping one now in podcast land. Um, but <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember if you were drinking them in the struggle bus when I first met you on your. Um, 
Yes, I absolutely was. I had a few in my backpack and I made sure of it. Yeah. Um, if they weren't in my backpack, I probably actually had a bandolero of small twisted tea containers or I had the bag in a box. I think that's what you had. Wine, it's probably what I had more than likely because uh, the cold trailers always bring them to me every time they see me. So uh, it's uh, literally just boxed wine, but it's twisted tea. <laughs> it's twisted box is what it is, man. <laughs> Uh, glorious is what it is oh dude everybody knows that it's a bible it's old news (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. that was that was the line the whole entire uh struggle bus day um and turns out on our rally i thought i seized but i just ran out of gas so next time i went back to that bike i put gas in it and started right up (laughs) Dude, that made me so happy. Not to throw shade on the Spicy Boys at all, but did any of the Spicy Boys finish their rally? Um, we had two of them finish. Okay, okay. Um, I could have had I realized I upped my carburetor size and I was sucking twice as much gas now, but, you know, you'll have that. That uh, You know, <laughs> I didn't I, I've never done that. <laughs> um, we had a couple other issues that uh, were so minor, they were fixed back at the shop in no time. So we just thought we had it dialed in. We didn't quite, but we still had two guys finish. Dude. And uh, it was a, turned out to still be a great ride, even in the struggle bus. Oh, yeah, dude. It was fun. It was, a, <laughs> I was, I, I, I had a lot of fun that, um, that struggle bus ride. So you, um, trying to kind of halfway follow a time frame here, but whatever, we're just kind of bullshitting. Um, <laughs> so you ended up getting who'd you end up buying the free spirit from um, or how, how did how did you become how did you get in the e50 game um it was that free spirit um uh doug wilhelm had posted something on our spicy boys page of it being for sale from some old guy out in kansas and so I was out of town at the time, but I paid him to go pick it up for me. And this thing was the cleanest bike I've ever come across that was still stock. He, mm-hmm. uh, he purchased it. This old guy purchased it for his grandson or son to ride to and from college back in like 1970 something. He bought it right out of the catalog. So when I bought it, he gave me both original manuals, the bill of sale oh, and the printed off moped kansas laws so i still have all the paperwork for it dude that's rad i love anytime you can find that old stuff that came with the bike because it's awesome because uh because of that it's actually going to be in the kansas city auto museum in november for uh bike month nice dude but uh that's what got me into it because it was so much easier and more simple for me to work on i could wrap my head around it a little bit easier since i wasn't dealing with variators and uh because i I had already been working on small engines, so that was nothing new to me. How? What's your small engine background? I, you said you're a welder, I believe. I know what you do, but for the um, you're a welder by trade. I know that. Yes, um, I got into small engines because it was something that my dad always taught me how to fix the lawnmower, how to fix the weed eater, and the basic concept of how a two-stroke runs and what it needs. So it wasn't anything new to me. And then I just kind of over time picked up like little mini bikes or other shit along that line and i just kind of caught on to it so when i joined the spicy boys it was easy for me to not have to ask everybody a thousand questions and be able to fix my own bike so i 
you know, you have the basic questions you got to ask for specific models, but as far as the general knowledge of two-stroke, I pretty much had most of it down. Right on, right on. Um, that's always good when you have a little bit of a mechanical background. And I love um, the internet's so rad right now because of all the tutorials out there. Where oh, man, that is a lifesaver. Mm -hmm. That's how I had to get the tactical maxi running for uh, the Omaha rally. I built a box of nonsense that I got from Jay Collin and doing actually running bike in like three days to get ready for a rally out in Omaha. But that's that's always fun trying to thrash and throw something together even though you had like a month and then the night yeah. before i gotta get this done well if anybody knows jake Collin, you know anything that comes from him is a fucking ratchet mess so <laughs> it was uh it was a hell of a thing to try to get it running because it was literally just a box of parts oh god yeah that's um that's rad that's all i can say about that that particular bike is the one that i Anybody that's seen me ride it is the Taxider Maxi. That's the one covered in all the dead animal parts. Mm. Um, that started as Sean Hammond's bike. And he got pissed off at it, picked it up, and chucked it into a dumpster. <laughs> and Mikey Provolone came along and saw a homeless guy trying to pull it out of the dumpster. So he had to physically fight a homeless guy for this bike. <laughs> oh, Mikey for the win. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So then Mikey ended up trading it to Jake. Because Jake didn't have a running bike. So again, traded a running bike for a box of dog shit. <laughs> Jake could have a running bike for a rally. And then when Jake got out of mopeds, he sold me everything he had. And that box of nonsense was yeah. uh, what ended up being the tax server maxi. So it's gone through four different hands now, at least just in our club. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, um, myself, I just got a bike that's gone through, um, two different guys in the Minneapolis St. Paul scene and like one guy bought it from it was a barn fight that was locked up and seized and he got bored oh, with yeah. it sold it to another guy who got bored with it he sold it to me and then finally it'd been sitting in my garage most of the summer I'm like well fuck it I'll just get it running I got it running <laughs> the, I got it running yeah. last week and I sprayed a lot of PV blaster in it dude that thing but smells so thick it's so <laughs> thick right now like i just um, i rip it up and down the block and i can just dude there's no mosquitoes oh, living in forever, our block <laughs> you'll forever be burning pb blaster out of it <laughs> that whole case out <laughs> <laughs> but right right on right on um let me ask you a few general questions i ask a lot of people what is the farthest rally you have been to um, unfortunately, because of how much I travel for a living, I haven't been able to attend as many as I would like to. Um, so to be honest, uh, I think St. Louis is as far as I've been able to go for a rally. I did go to, to Louisville for the Kentucky kickdown, but that wasn't a moped specific rally. Yeah. But, uh, I know that we do travel a lot. So when I got time to stop in at somebody's hometown where i know there's moped homies i can kick it and ride whatever loaners they got so what are some of the cities you've been have you been able to take advantage of that a lot with your travels i know you work long hours dude like yeah um not as much as Dwayne has because for some reason they must love him more than me they actually send him to cool places i get sent to the tiny little towns but uh i've been able to stop into uh texas couple spots in louisiana florida 
Um, um, I've been to Minnesota, but we were so far up north in International Falls, there was no stopping to see anybody. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I said, Dwayne has been able to take way more advantage of it than me. And I'm hoping that'll change soon because I'm pretty damn jealous. <laughs> but, uh, it's looking like this upcoming year is supposed to be pretty significant for rallies. So yeah. us as a whole crew plan on hitting a lot more outskirts rather than just the Midwest because we have definitely been called out on that a bit. So there's a few East and West Coast and some down South that we absolutely want to hit. Dude, I'm telling you, you guys would get along with a lot of people. I mean, that's mopeders though. Like, it's just that whole thing is no bombers and everybody's rad. <laughs> now, there's a, that. That was probably my favorite thing about getting into the moped community was how how loving and welcoming and down to earth everybody is, no matter where you go. Yeah, and you could be passing through and just chime in on one of their pages, and every one of them will show you love like it's a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. And they don't even have to know you that well. Look at me. I'm not associated no. with any club. And like, I got to spend 10 days on the East Coast. So, I mean, it's uh, exactly it's my favorite part, man. You can literally have never met them, but they'll still show you the same love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what let me ask you this What is your dream bike other than the one you won from the Mad Brapper a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> Are you gonna go pick that up, or what's the deal um, with that? Uh, eventually we just got to get the details worked out. Cause just before that, I won that Samadhi too, from, um, Osamiyagi. Damn you. But I won, I won two raffle bikes in two weeks. Dude, you, and then what else did you want a fucking, uh, <laughs> moped Monday fucking drawing? Uh, I won two of those. So I've won five <sighs> raffles, online raffles in the last year. I've got to enter more five. shit. <laughs> I got to enter more shit. I keep on telling myself I'm going to enter this. Nah, fuck it. I make out pretty well at the rally raffles too. So I, I just have really good luck when it comes down to that shit. I could, I could probably build a whole bike out of the shit we've won. So we're saying we got to keep you and Jake Kane out of fucking any raffle because <laughs> well, that guy, that guy takes bikes home apparently as oh, well. Absolutely. But my payback to the rest of the community for how much I've won is I'm actually building a bike to just do a giveaway raffle. So there's not going to be any buy-in. It's just going to be you enter the raffle, your name goes on a number, and I don't care how many it is after, I don't know how many days, 24 hours or 48 hours when that's closed, just do a straight bike giveaway. Right on, right on. Maybe we'll talk after. Maybe we can do something through the podcast or something like that. Who knows? Whatever. Yeah, it'd be um, great. Uh, what was it going um, to? I had something <laughs> I had something witty I was going to say, and then you <laughs> came over. Oh, you want to know why everybody loves you? Because you give people what? towels. You give people <laughs> towels at rallies. Like I, I had a feeling that was going to come up. It's always waters and towels. Yeah, and yeah. That was something that uh, I just happened to do when I first went to the Ruffians rally. That was my first rally. And I went with Mikey Provolone and his lovely lady, Leanne. And uh, I was driving my big, white, ordinary van, giant 18 passenger van and it had stickers on the side that just said ordinary van <laughs> and uh i didn't know anybody other than mikey and that was it so i kind of wanted to you know make an offering and make friends and names and so the next day when everybody was hung over i just went and picked up four or five cases of water and several giant bags of towels 
and uh, plenty of beer for everybody and just started handing out beer, water, towels, weed, let people yeah. crash in my van to take a nap in the AC or charge your phone, whatever it may be. That way people would at least remember who I am <laughs> Yeah, yeah. and also try to offer, uh, you know, something cold and refreshing and a nice towel for the sweat because it was definitely hot as fuck out there. Yeah, yeah. One of your uh, shop towels is on my wall, so... <laughs> I love that. Somebody yeah. actually handed me one back from a year and a half later. They were like, I still got this. I'm like, it's just a damn shop towel. <laughs> but I, I, I love that uh, people at least remember me for my, my towels and water. Because it's something that I, I know people need when it's hot outside or just when you're turning a wrench, you can always use a grease rag. So it's, what? Uh, one of my small claims to fame i guess well i for you didn't hand me anything other than that fucking fireball thing at your <laughs> rally like some some fucking kid who's just hyper and hot fucking walks up take this and i don't drink or do drugs but i'll still be that guy okay and fucking <laughs> well it was something that i got from a friend of mine my roommate's girlfriend she gave me that whole bag of uh, trinidad scorpion gumballs and I'm like, hey, you're at a Spicy Boys rally. This sounds like something perfect to hand out. So now I have a lot of enemies because of it. I have a lot of people, and there's about nine or ten wads of gum on top of the Hickory Union shop. So oh, shit. It's totally worth it. It Totally. Um, why don't you talk about a little bit about That's a unique thing that you guys have in Kansas City. I know it's not moped exclusive by any means, but you want to tell the people from outside of Kansas area what the Hickory Moto Union is? It's really rad. Oh, yeah. Um, Hickory Union Moto is a community workshop where you can either pay for the day or pay a monthly um, subscription to them where you can just come in, you can use their shop, their lifts, their tools. They've got everything from sandblasters to powder coaters, um, very similar to any motorcycle or moped shop, but you can come in, store your bikes, work on them, and there's plenty of people there with knowledge. You could show up and not know a damn thing about anything engine-wise, and they will help you rebuild an entire bike from the ground up. And there are some awesome guys there. One of them actually used to be huge in the moped scene. He still has not gotten rid of all of them, so he still has the passion for it. Yeah. And uh, there are one of their favorite things to do is they'll do a bike giveaway where you can come in, pick a bike that's pretty much a barn find or just a, a salvaged bike, and they will give it to you. You just have to keep that monthly subscription to them or that membership until you can ride it out the door. Awesome, so dude. you can get a free bike just for the cost of a membership. Dude, that's fucking rad. Like, that's, uh, uh, a, that is a great way to grow any type of two-wheel community. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I love their passion. They always host our rallies because it's such a sweet spot. It um, is. It handles everybody. There's plenty of back storage and space for people to park campers, tents, vans, trucks, anything. So we were able to host everybody there. And I think we had over 120, 150 people show up. So it's a it's a rad spot, awesome place, but great people. So and, we're forever thankful to them. And really, for you guys' rally last year, you did not have that many breakdowns compared to, I think it was maybe because it was spring of the year. But, like, I mean, you guys had, like, 15, 20 bikes total, like, uh, I don't even know if it was that much. It was still pretty small. So you're, you're right. It was uh, people were more ready for this than uh, we thought they would be. And I'm glad they were because 
we didn't have a ton of space, but we had just enough. Yeah, yeah. And anybody that did break down had a great time in the in the chase vehicle. And the boogaloo van. In the boogaloo van. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we had a good old time. Uh, we were thankful for everybody that showed up. We're surprised that actually all worked out. And we actually looked like we knew what we were doing. But <laughs> <laughs> we had a good time and uh, we look forward to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Are you guys still planning doing every other year? I know everything's so fucked uh, up because of Rona and nobody I, – I don't know behind the veil of uh, Moped Army, so I don't know um, anything. I, after speaking to a few of the other groups, and it was mainly Dwayne speaking because he's pretty much our, our head coordinator, um, most – uh, most of the gangs and clubs have decided to just act like 2020 didn't happen. Okay. So the ruffians we're going to do this year, they're going to hold off till next year. And we're going to do the following year, 2021. So yeah. it's, everybody's anybody that at least does an annual rally is pretty much just deciding Mulligan 2020 didn't happen. Yeah. That's kind of what I, you know, I thought that'd probably be the, I, I, I've heard a whisper too, that that's how it was going to go, but like, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did you, I think it's the best way to do it. So. Yeah. I, I hate, I, we haven't talked forever. So like, I don't want to hear, I, I, I want to bring up some rumors I've heard about gatherings and shenanigans, but I don't want that out there. So we'll talk after the, <laughs> we'll talk after the podcast a little bit. Uh, uh, we're not usually pretty shy. And if uh, you no, bring up something sensitive, I'll just tell you to shit. No, it, no, it's nothing sensitive. <laughs> I just don't want it out there. that an event could be happening and it doesn't because uh, uh, I got that, you, yeah. that. No, dude, you know me. I fucking foot mouth all the time. I don't give a shit. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I don't want to put most of that out there and, but yeah, we, yeah. So whatever. Either, yeah, so yeah, I guess what you're saying. Um, what else was I gonna? Say? So, I'm I'm kind of just drew drew a half ass blank right now. I don't know why I'm tired because <laughs> I um. Well, I got back from the East Coast, dude, and then like I, it's pointless to say. I finally went back to work because um somebody said they had Rona, and my work policy is. Oh. If you've been exposed, you cannot come back to work till you, um, been until you, yeah, but it took 11 days for my test to come back. Oh, Jesus. So I had 10 days off of work and then I had 11 days off of, um, after that. So it, it, I didn't get back to work till the 25th. So I had uh, 20 I've, some days off. So I was going <laughs> nuts, dude. Like, uh, I've been furloughed for about two or three months now, so mm. I can relate. How's it? How's your treats bill going for you, huh? Uh, not as bad as I thought it would be, but I've at least got uh, three or four bikes running very solidly that I don't have to worry about. So it's on to uh, actually the question that you asked me what my dream build would be. Yes, it's finally finishing the taxidermaxi the way I want it because it's getting a fully Polini built uh, XR XR five. Uh, water cooled engine on it oh shit so it's uh it's gonna be interesting definitely something that nobody's ever done no what pipe are you going with on that oh it's uh it comes with the engine it's it's all polini pipe it's polini from head to ground oh shit but it'll be uh an interesting it's a stock engine but it's uh 16 horsepower right out the box are you going front disc brake on that homie 
Oh, absolutely. Otherwise, I'd be uh, stupid. Okay, I just want to, you know, you hear somebody like, I'm going full water cold. You Mm-mm. have drum brakes. What the <laughs> fuck? No, I know better than that. So, yeah, it's definitely getting disc brakes. I've got a, uh, I've got a uh, XR80 uh, dirt bike forks that fit directly on the Maxi. So, nice. I'm ready to go on that. But it'll be an interesting build, and I can't wait for it to be done because I have so many dead animal parts for this bike. <laughs> From beavers to skunks to deer legs to God knows what. Why don't you tell clue people in on that a little bit? Um, I've seen <laughs> your bikes, but and I've I've heard kind of the stories, but why don't you just clue that in a little bit? What you so, what you do? This, this particular bike is the one that I talked about, uh, Mikey fighting the homeless guy for. Um, and when I showed up to that Omaha rally, Mikey found a deer leg in the back of Andy Colley's shop. So he zip tied it to my center cross brace and we thought it was funny. Well, that turned into the whole joke of, oh, it's the taxidermaxi. <laughs> oh. And from there, I got a couple of uh, deer ankles that hold up the headlights. I've got a, be- a whole beaver pelt for the seat. I now just acquired a taxidermied squirrel giving you the finger for the rear tail fender. The tail fender has a beaver tail for it. Um, I've got a goat skull with the horns on the front headlight. I've got a fox face that fits over the whole skull. So it's just a, just a gathering of taxidermied animal parts. And it, it, it was a joke that just went too far and I can't stop now. No, dude, you can't, you can't hit the brakes, but dude, you got to do a favor for everybody. You have to have a mullet when you premiere that bike. Oh, sir. Do you not know? I can see it a little bit, dude. I can see it. a li- Oh, that is beautiful. Um, yeah, that is absolutely beautiful. Um, uh, yeah. I would not ride a bike without a mullet ever again. <laughs> <laughs> I think because of Rona, you are going to see the power mullet come back. I mean, it, it had a little resurgence a couple years ago, but I think everybody's like, fuck it, dude. We've, we've gone four or five months, and we're going mullet again. I needed a haircut, and I talked about having a mullet forever. So when you got enough beers in the middle of the night, you kind of end up with a mullet. Yeah. So. <laughs> I just I have long hair right now, and I'm going to – I got a little – Got a little something happening in the back. I'll, I'll get. That's how mine started, man. Now it's grown all the way out. It almost touches my shoulders. <laughs> oh shit, son. Oh shit. Um, Mullet's well, making a comeback, and it's gonna look great on the taxidermy Maxi, and I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you'll have to check out um, the my buddy Maddie. He's got probably the greatest mullet of all of mopeds. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. RC from the St. Louis area has no, wicked no, 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 no. I don't get nope, dude. <laughs> Maddie Boo has probably I, I do like I, I'm telling right. you. I'll have to check it out. Then. It'll, it'll be one or two then. You your boy might have one, but like no, it's it's quite hilarious. Um, so what what do you plan? What's your moped's plan for the rest of the year? Just finishing that bike? Are you gonna try to? Are you gonna try to get out some outside of KC to do some rides? I've heard rumblings of some rides going on um, i know a lot of people are keeping um most rides pretty quick to their own clubs just due to the quarantine and corona but there's people that are open to rallying out and having at least a few guests uh, i'm all for it but i don't have anything specifically in the book 
LVMH may still do their thing in October. If that's true, I definitely want to go out there because there's a lot of good people there. Um, I was hoping Minnesota wouldn't cancel theirs or the Minneapolis cast rollers wouldn't yes. cancel theirs. But they did, which is understandable. Um, but there's a few places that I wouldn't mind straying a little further from the Midwest. But um, and to get it. Detroit and Toledo would be an awesome place. I want to go yeah. out with the Zeros for sure. They're great people. Yeah, um, yeah. So as far as anything actually in the books, no, but uh, there's a few things that I'd like to definitely make plans to do. Yeah, yeah. I would um, – all those – yeah, I, I definitely wanted to hit Detroit this – yeah. Uh, I think we all wanted to hit a lot of shit because the calendar looked pretty damn full. Um, what – like how many miles do you get in a week? Do you are like are you like the rest of us? You have no idea because your speedo doesn't work anymore. <laughs> uh, that would definitely be me. I've broken every speedo that I have because I pushed it too far and snapped the cable. Yep. But um, that's a great question. I never really keep track of it, but I'd say a solid fifty to sixty miles a week at least, just traveling to and from. Hell, it's probably more than that. I don't honestly know. Yeah, hey, dude, no worries. Um, what's your what's your go to oil? Oh, Royal Purple, two stroke, all day. Okay, that's um, I was um, I, I always wonder about that, like what people go tos are. Uh, that's a great question. I know some. If I don't have that, I can obviously run up to the store and grab some Lucas. I know a lot of people hate on that, but you know, I've heard some good stuff about that. I mean, I think it's just kind of. I think it's all okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, as long as you're not buying gas station two-stroke oil and running off that all day long. I you know, maybe have had to do that when I ran out of gas and realized <laughs> I didn't have any damn oil. <laughs> if you got to, it'll get you home, but it's better than running off of just straight gasoline. So yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I may have been quarter throttle the whole way. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, Royal Purple came out with a two-stroke not too long ago, hmm. uh, probably within the last year and a half or so, maybe two years top. And I've been waiting on that forever because everybody knows they make quality shit. So that was that's been my go-to. I usually I usually buy about a gallon and a half of it at a time. They sell it on Amazon, and it fills up in a day or so. So I have very little carbon buildup with it, and it seems to lubricate all my parts perfectly. I've yet to have a a seize with it, other than my Denny cycles issue. <laughs> <laughs> what mix do you run? Fifty to one, sixty to one. Uh, I run 50 to one just cause, uh, I'm always afraid I'm going to see something. Yeah. Right. You can, you can get near that 80 to one. I've maybe done that a few times. And it, it's true. It, just you, depends it, on uh, what you fucked up. It, well, I got a wall of shame. I'm not, a, I, I'll admit that. Um, because you can definitely feel a power difference between 60 to one to 80 to one. I'll say that much. Oh, absolutely. Like uh, there's always a little fearful of it. <laughs> right on right on um is there i think we're kind of getting a little close to wrapping up is there any shout outs or anybody you want to thank or say hi to or instagram or anything like that um i usually don't do shout outs very well because uh i, I always feel weird i always feel weird asking that um, uh i think my biggest one is literally to the guys in my club because they're some of the greatest guys that are willing to help anybody and they'll break their own arm off and scratch your back um, I love a lot of the local gangs, people in Omaha and Lawrence. Um, um, I will say uh, Andy Scouting up in uh, 
uh, Toledo helped me pick up a bike from Detroit. Him and his wife did. So definitely a big thanks to them. But uh, other than that, I I can go on forever calling people out. But <laughs> like that, I'm not great about the whole shout out thing. But because uh, <clears throat> I love every one of them just the same. Yeah, yeah. And um, just remember, if you ever, when we all can see each other again and get back to moped rallies, if you ever see a guy waving around a red rig, that'd be uh, Kent Mullins for you. Um, <laughs> you'll see me waving flags and handing them out, so yeah, you'll know who I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on, Kent. Just stay here for a second. Um, yeah. Another episode in the books for Second Chance Moped. And Kent, don't rem- don't forget, mopeds are dumb. <laughs> Mopedicum. All right. See you later, my guy.